Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. First show of 2024. Yay! I hope everybody had a great New Year. Mine was one of the quietest, most peaceful, most wonderful, and I didn't watch the Times Square ball go down until quarter to 12. I resisted. I didn't like the music. I didn't know who half the performers were. It's from another era, kids. I found a wonderful show to binge. I don't even remember what it was. I saw the ball and then I went back to my show and it was absolutely lovely. So happy new year. I am very happy to be introducing a new season of guests from the National Publicity Summit. I'll be introducing them in a minute, but we have Jackie, Jennifer, and John. The three J's are here, and I met them all recently on the National Publicity Summit last a virtual edition. I used to do the summit in New York when it was in person, and now it's four times a year virtually, and I'm happy to meet all of you, and I'm glad you all accepted my invitation. So before we get started, you know what we have to do, everybody? Put up your finger in the shape of the letter L. Let's do this. LLL is waiting for us. So on the count of three, you're all going to join me in saying, Happy New Year, LLL. Here we go. One, two, three. Happy, Happy New, New Year, LLL. L. L. Jordan. My engineer is a J too. Jordan, Jennifer, Jackie, and John. Oh my goodness. I have to change my name from red to uh -huh. something. I don't know. Jo <laughs> joyful. My name will be joyful. That was the best, most in sync greeting to LLL we have ever had. The three of you set the bar so high, I don't expect any guest <laughs> to, to meet that. But LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. And at 8.01 p.m. Oh, not at 8.01. We changed the time. It's 6.01 p.m. tonight, Eastern. She will email me and tell me what she gleaned from my guests, from Jackie and John and Jennifer. She'll give me a little book report on what each of you said and how much she enjoyed hearing you. She listens on Voice America Variety. So thank you all. So it is January 8th. Oh my goodness, where has the time flown? It's the eighth day of 2024 in the Gregorian calendar. 357 days remain. It's the second Monday. And I usually say, this is how many days are left, John. You got to get ready for New Year's Eve next time, but it's still too far away. So I wouldn't worry about it. Don't make the Kahlua yet. So I'm going to read my little poem. I co-wrote this with ChatGPT, and I hope you enjoy it when I Pronounce your name when I say your name. Just wave furiously so everybody can see you. Let me make sure we're, we're live streaming here. Yes, we are. I'm fixing up LinkedIn. Here we go. Okay, so, and she's back. Her red mic's ablaze, a.k.a. Radio Red, starts 2024's creative phase. Day eight, Monday number two for our cosmic dance. She welcomes three creatives here to enhance. This is a poem co-poemed with ChatGPT. And I will tell you, it's not just AI. I'm still human. So that's what I add. So here we go. Jackie Henryan, wave hello, a poet and song creator. Into your Greenwich Village, her artful incubator. Corporate corridor she once did roam. Now a voice on 88.5 KRFB she calls home. Counting on yourself, a book on wealth and mindfulness. A financial selfie, her true tools, bliss. Jackie, I hope you enjoyed that. Oh, that now was we great. Have, 
Good. Now we have John Taylor McIntyre. Hello, John. A cultural voyager in the sound of music. He became the harbinger. Well, it tried to rhyme, John. From acting to travels worldwide in Japan, he reinvented himself with pride. MBA, CLP, and more on his list. Synchronize yourself naturally. His method insists, resists, persists. John, I hope you like that. Welcome. (laughs) And then we have Dr. Jennifer Nash, a dancer from age three. I wish you could dance for us. Piano keys and seven degrees, her melody. National ballroom champion, a dance floor queen, a world traveler in every country she's been seen. Leadership books, coaching, and more. She helps professionals grow, soar, and explore. Jennifer, I hope you enjoyed that. So we have three creative souls in inspiring blend. Join me, aka Radio Red. Their stories will transcend the melodies of creativity. That's what I'm calling this episode. An episode unfolds, radiant voices, tales to behold. So what'd you think? John, did you like it? Jennifer, did you like it? That's amazing. That's awesome. Here's what I do. I use ChatGPT, the free version. I'm probably going to upgrade soon. I'll tell you why later. And I give it a little bit of an intro about me. I say it's time for another monologue for my radio show, aka Radio Red, Read My Lips, blah, blah, blah. And then I input most of the bios that you send me. I just throw it in there. Make something. Give me a brief poem. And in less than three seconds, this is what came back, and I tweaked it. And that's how I, I know, I know. I usually have guests guess how long it takes to get it back from ChatGPT. And sometimes they guess a minute, 10 minutes, five minutes. It's less than three seconds. It's amazing. Ah. Anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed it very, very much. But quickly, before we go on, I have to tell you, we're still in the sign of Capricorn, Western Zodiac. And little birdie tells me we've got a Capricorn in the house. John Taylor McIntyre, what's your birth date? December 30th. Well, ha- oh, an almost New Year's baby. Right yeah. On the cusp. Well, happy, happy. So let me read a couple of things. And Jennifer and Jackie, if you want to be honorary Capricorns, John told me it's okay with him. And John, we're going to find out what you're really like. So uh, Latin for Capricorn, Latin for horned goats or the sea goat is the 10th astrological sign in the Zodiac in an earth sign. It's after Sagittarius and before Aquarius in the age of Aqu- I'm waiting for Aquarius a couple weeks. Here are the pro things about the personality of Capricorns. Hardworking. Give me a thumbs up, everybody, if this describes you. Hardworking. Okay. Jennifer, yep. Okay. Persistent, creative, honest, reflective, protective, sensitive, serious, faithful, completely trustworthy and loyal. They have a wild side when they're not on duty and they can let loose. Do you ever let loose, John? Oh, he's still admitting to that. Stimulated by new things, it can be challenging to get them to settle down and commit. Well, that's still the pro. Here's the con. Uh, Self-critical. Ooh, are we self-critical? A little bit, Jennifer. Thumbs up for this. Sarcastic and humorous. Okay. Well, I like humorous. Pessimistic. Maybe. Nope, nope, nope. Glasses half full. Okay. Greedy. Uh, We don't even ask you that. Legendary stubbornness. Are you stubborn, John? Jennifer is. I have to am, come but, ask my wife. Okay, well, get her on the phone here. <laughs> Fussy and picky and irritable. <laughs> John, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do Oh, he's so-so. Jackie, you going to admit to any of this? No, not a thing. <laughs> okay, Cardinals, Cap- Capricorns initiate the start of a season, which coincides with the winter solstice. Aries is the start of spring. Cancer is the start of summer. Libra is the start of fall. That's mine. Cardinal signs are associated with a sense of urgency or immediacy and said to be go-getters, trendsetters, and innovators. Are you a go-getter, a trendsetter, and innovator, John? I try to be. 
Okay, I, Jennifer, what about you? You know, I was actually supposed to be born in December. So I think I am actually a Capricorn. <laughs> What's your date? What's your birth date? September 6th. Oh, my good. Okay. Well, uh, okay. A little bit early there. Jackie, what about you? No, I'm <laughs> I'm a Cancer. So okay. me, this is like the opposite. <laughs> Another cardinal sign. Well, here are the recommend. You're going to love this. The recommended careers for Capricorns are account, financial planner. Oh, we're all going to be honorary here tonight. Scientist, computer programmer. I am an early woman in tech. I was a programmer. Teacher, electrician, realtor, HR manager, jeweler. I want to be a jeweler. And professional organizer. And here are some famous Capricorns. You're going to love this. Good company. Dolly Parton, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ryan Seacrest, Denzel Washington, Kate Middleton, Michelle Obama, Bradley Cooper, John Legend, Timothy Chalamet, I want his hair, Zoe Deschanel, Orlando Bloom, and Megan Trainer. <gasps> so good company. So John, you're going to stay Capricorn? You cool with that? I'm going to stay Capricorn. Okay, I, don't, I don't think I have a choice, but... Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. But I just wanted to offer it to you, you know, hypothetically. It's read my lips. It's creativity. Jackie, you want to be an honorary? I could be an honorary. Could be. Sure. Okay. And Jennifer, sure. what about you? I could be an honorary Capricorn. Sure. I think I'll join you all too. Okay. So there we go. So thank you for playing along. Let's go around the table. Now it's time to get each of you to tell us who you really are, aside from the little tiny description I gave in the poem at the beginning. Jackie Henry, and I'm putting you up first on full screen speaker view so everybody can see you and enjoy you. Jackie, take about three minutes, and I'm telling you the three minutes is a guideline. I do not have a little on those hourglasses with the sands of time, because okay. if it did, I would have to say to you, Jackie, you've got 14 grains of sand left, Harvey. <laughs> I don't do that, okay? I don't do that. That's not going to happen. But if you see me doing this, it means you're on camera. I'm not. It means let's start to wrap up. So, Jackie, welcome officially to Read My Lips first show of the new year. I'm so happy to meet you. And go ahead, tell us about yourself. Jackie, welcome. Hey, thank you so much. It's funny you mentioned about AI because I write poetry using a thing called uh, word palette, which presents words randomly that I choose. So it's a, like an early version of what you're talking about. So it's really been fun for me. So I'll give you the inside scoop here. My artist parents settled in, in culturally crazy Greenwich Village. Their art hung on every wall, including works from their friends like uh, Tom Wesselman and uh, Joseph Cornell. So I huddled in footy pajamas, eavesdropping on philosophy debates and poetry readings. And I took piano lessons from the age of five. So for me, creativity was like oxygen. And I thought, didn't everybody breathe it? But when I studied for a degree in psychology, I realized that creativity is more like a skill because we rise above the brutal aspects of life by choosing the elements we want to include. So when I chose a 20-year career in purchasing, I thrived by leaning into creativity. And it was pretty good to be crazy, a little crazy as a woman in a field dominated by men. So unfortunately, I failed at life's biggest creative task, which is having children. So my resulting divorce left me in an abyss of debt, 
and regret. And I just knew I needed to find myself if I was to find my way to wealth. So using my MBA knowledge and my business experience, I made my first balance sheet. And actually, most people do budgets. Like for 20 years, I did budgets to control finances, right? Well, the balance sheet uh, told me that I would be okay. Just some of my assets were stuck. So with a balance sheet, you get to see that obstacles become opportunities. And as an example of that, I've met my second husband in an art class he was modeling and I was taking. And when he finally fessed up that he wasn't a starving artist, I did a balance sheet for the both of us. And that way, we started Studio de Couvrier, space for art and creativity. And he focused on uh, visual arts, and I became an ASCAP singer-songwriter, ultimately posting two CDs on iTunes, The Tickle Monster and Mama Luz. But when my voice started to have a quaver, I then started producing and broadcasting on 88.5 KRFY with my, so uh, with my show, Songs, Voices, Poems. And to study poetry deeper, I did an MFA at the Buddhist-based Naropa University, where they combined poetry, psychology, and spirituality. So my resulting books are rerouted and sand-pointed. But then, when my husband's granddaughter started asking me questions about life and about money, I they inspired me to write my this upcoming book, Counting on Yourself, A Woman's Way to Holistic Wealth. And in it, I describe the evolution from a balance sheet to a financial selfie, which now allows me to track both money and non-money elements in life, more importantly. Yes. And so now as the Mindful Money Manager, I help people um, achieve the ancient mantra, may we feel safe healthy, joyful, and free through creativity. Jackie, that was probably one of the most charming bios I've ever had on the show in all the years. N nothing oh. to say about it, the other two, but I will tell you that was absolutely lovely. You are a, you're, you're a, you're just a ball of creativity. That's all I can say. You, you, you personify. You personify, and you use the word so beautifully in there. I'm very honored. Thank you so much. I think Jackie was the first one I met at the Publicity Summit a couple of weeks ago, the very first one in the very first breakout room I was in, and I instantly said, you're coming on the show. Yeah, well, it was love at first sight. It, it was. was. Thank you, Jackie. That was absolutely lovely. Let's move on. John Taylor McIntyre, I'm putting you on speaker view. John, we're so happy to have you here, and I love your background. Very, very creative. John, tell us. <laughs> well, who you, is you asked for some creative. Creativity to show. I did. Yeah. All right, go ahead. You're <laughs> up. Tell us who you are, please. Yeah. Um, anyway, following Jackie, um, I've I've followed her a couple times in in the uh, National Publicity Summit, and so she's just a joy to be with and everything. Anyway, um, I 
I didn't know that I could sing until I was nine years old. And I was uh, in the living room after Sunday dinner. My parents had invited a friend who we had seen a show the night before that she was in. And she was telling my mom and my dad, well, my mom, my dad wasn't there, that uh, that there was tryouts for The Sound of Music. And when when she left, I told my mom, I su I'm supposed to try out for the show. And my mom looked at me and she says, oh, John, you know, very, very, that's very nice and everything. But, you know, you've never sung before. And so this was like three weeks away. And every week I was telling them that I was I needed to go. And so finally, you know, three days before I said, if you don't take me, I'm going to take the bus. And where we lived, it was not very um, convenient or safe to actually take the bus. So they acquiesced and they took me and out came this big voice. So um, from that, I, I became Kurt Von Trapp in The Sound of Music. And from that, I, I was in a lot of different shows. Shortly after that time, I was in um, Jerry Lewis's uh, Telethon. And uh, during this time, I, I actually got to hobnob with some really famous people, Bob McGrath, um, Bob Denver, and Gary Berghoff, and, and, and actually did some things with them um, on the show. And, and it was just really exciting and everything. But the theater actually woke me up to understand how community is, is built. And that the theater is not so much just the, the top people who are on the billing list, okay, who are, who are out there on the billboards, it's everybody included. And so, you know, anybody from pushing the brooms to building the sets to the sound, um, the, uh, the background people, you know, everybody that's in there is involved. And, and if you don't have everybody in there, you do not have a show. And, and so that that was like something that was was very important for me to understand that community is just incredibly important. Um, another part about community was that I grew up in a family where um, we had so much international and 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 global reach that we had international exchange students, um, uh, humanitarian refugees that lived with us. We had two uh, Navajo and Indian brothers that lived with us. And, um, you know, there was just culture coming out, you know, everything, you know, in our home. And I uh, was learning a lot that way. But then we also traveled quite a bit. And so by the time I was 21, I traveled to had traveled to 19 countries and all 50 states. And, um, and uh, what, what, what came out of that was just the, the importance of, 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 having um, the community again. So I have, I'm writing a book right now, which is called Sync to the Beat of Success, Mastering the International Art of Building Influence. And, and sync is synchronize yourself naturally within your community, which comes in my, my building, my bridging, my artistic side and my technical side together. Anyway, I think I passed my time. So <laughs> no, 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 you didn't pass your time at all. But tell us a little bit about this mutual prosperity. You're not going to do an ad, but tell me what is this? What is the company about? So mutual prosperity is a company that is basically my viewpoint is that everybody is here on earth for a purpose. And it's our it's important for us to be able to help others who are in our midst be able to find who they are so that each one of us carries a piece of the puzzle. And and each puzzle piece needs to be polished and needs to be um, uh, created in a way that actually makes the other puzzle pieces um, unify and, and beautify. And if we don't enable people to actually work with their puzzle piece, 
okay, and 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 let them do what they're supposed to do, then we're actually not allowing the whole puzzle to be as beautiful as it needs to. So mutual prosperity is is building prosperity for the whole, and it's not just having the people at the top being becoming you know the ones that get all the accolades. The accolades should go throughout. That was beautiful. Thank you, John. Mm -hmm. Just, I, I'm so impressed already. <laughs> Jennifer, no pressure, dear. <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> I know you've got a, and Jennifer, I have to tell you, I was a ballroom dancer and an instructor for many years. And when I read your bio, I said, oh my God, I miss it so much. Jennifer, I'm not going to say anything else. Jennifer Nash, Dr. Jennifer Nash, would you please do me the honor of introducing yourself? Go ahead. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for having me. And I'm so delighted to be here with Jackie and John and um, sharing our stories together and helping your audience learn and grow. So um, I grew up in the Midwest uh, in a very pretty small town. And from a very early age, um, my parents put me into dance. And so I started dancing ballet and tap and toe and then you know, progressively jazz. So um at the same time that I started dance, I also started piano lessons at the age of three. So my mom was teaching me and then I had like, you know, a regular teacher. Um, and so all throughout like my elementary school and my middle school and my high school years, um, I was able to play piano and do these creative things that really helped that part of my personality come out and helped me express my feelings and my emotions and, and communicate in those ways. And one of the things I, I saw as I went through my education um, was that, you know, I was always, questions were sometimes not welcomed. And I was a child who asked a lot of questions. And I noticed throughout my, the curve of my life that the number of questions that would be asked as I went through, you know, the education system and then got into my first job was a little lower than I had thought. And so I, I came to understand that asking questions wasn't always necessarily welcome because it tended to disrupt status quo. And in certain places, status quo was really what made things run. And mm -hmm. systems tend to eject outliers. And so with this propensity that I had to consistently ask questions, and I still really haven't stopped, um, and the dancing and the music, um, I really had this background that didn't fit naturally into the business setting. Um, and one of the things that I had started to do was to also learn foreign languages. So that for me was a way that I could bring some creativity into the work that I was doing, even though maybe the business world itself wasn't necessarily um, maybe where I could be at my best. Um, and so it took me quite a long time in my career to figure out how could I get into a space where I could get out of that corporate box and use the talents and skills that I had along with the innate abilities that I had to change the world. And mm -hmm. those who think they are crazy enough to change the world are usually the ones that do. And so my goal with the work that I do today is to change the world, to make it to be a better place for people at work, to have a better experience where they feel like they can be their authentic selves, where they feel like they can show up and where they bring all of those skills and talents that they have to bear on the work that they do and find meaning and purpose in that work. And the book that you see behind me is the body of work that I have put together of the things that I have learned throughout my career to help me share that message with many people 
um, and also integrate dance into that. I have an assessment with the book that is actually based on ballroom dance. So um, it's all wrapping together. And I love how it sort of comes together full circle for me finally at this point in my life. Jennifer, what are your favorite ballroom dance styles? I have to ask. Everyone asks me that. <laughs> well, I'm asking you too. That, you know, I, I, I can't pick because each of the dances has its own personality. It has its own style. I have maybe a, an easier time learning one rather than the other, but I love all of them because they bring out the different characteristics and aspects of my personality that I then get to show on the floor, you know, and embody that character. So I don't necessarily have a favorite one. Well, I will tell you that I was teaching line dancing, which is not really dancing in many settings. It was more stepping and coordinating, collaborating. I was teaching uh, swing, not East Coast, just regular swing. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching uh, hustle and I was teaching cha-cha to large groups, large groups of people. And I was one of the disco queens of Eugene, Oregon back in the day. And my partner, Michael, and I, and yes, we entered a, a disco Hawaii contest. We didn't win. Turns out the woman who won owned a dance studio and nobody knew that. So she was a professional oh. and we came in third. But I will tell you that we made our costumes from hammered blue silk. And I sewed my little spaghetti. I was about 98 pounds, little spaghetti strap top. And I had a black satin skirt that slit right up to the waist with a bow. So when I spun, it was 360 with black stockings and, and little heels. And yeah. uh, we did the dance. We came in from opposite sides of the dance floor to Heaven Knows from a MacArthur Park Suite by Donna Summer. And it was da 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 da. And I walked in toward him and he did a full lift right up over his head, spun me around, then a death drop to the floor. I washed the floor with my skirt and then we started our routine. And we came in third and it was one of the most exciting times. And I have a lot of excitement in my life, but it was absolutely lovely. And I have fond memories. And our first class, I taught with somebody else, the first class, Jennifer, 250 people piled into a high school cafeteria near Eugene. My yeah. partner had billed me as his assistant. He made something like $6 an hour. John, are you ready for this? They paid me something like $2.22 an hour. It was an hour from my house. They gave me a Formica table, a cafeteria table to teach on with high heels. I said, nobody knew OSHA in those days. I said, get me a wooden stage. I said, why are you doing this? I'm working as hard. You know, Ginger Rogers backwards in heels with Fred Astaire. I'm working as hard as... Anyway, we taught line dances, 250 people. And at the end of 10 weeks, we still had over, I think, 175 people in the class. It was amazing. We taught line dances and we made up our own we had a little he wrote a little book and stole all my dances afterwards and i have to tell you john i have something for each of you john uh jerry lewis telethon michael and i the dance partner i was talking about he and i entered a telethon in honor of muscular dystrophy in a gymnasium with no windows in Eugene. And we had to dance for 24 hours in a dark gymnasium with, and I was something like 26 and he was something like 29. We were the oldest ones there and they played music. They gave us a break every two or three hours. We had carbs, donuts and jelly and all that stuff, sweet stuff. And we managed to dance at the end. We were in dancing in circles. So somebody go in the middle and did their thing. So we ended up Winning, we had to get sponsors, and we ended up uh, winning something. I don't know. And I donated. Michael wanted to go to community college and didn't have the money, and I donated my winnings to him so he could pay the tuition at mm -hmm. community college. But I'll tell you, when I had a, a friend who was staying with my two two young children while I did this, it was twenty. I think it was twenty five hours. 
first of all, I couldn't see daylight when we came outside. My <laughs> muscles were eating themselves from the inside out, Jennifer. I could hardly walk for three days after. It was oh. absolutely <clears throat> brutal. But what an event. I'll never forget it. It was the Jerry Lewis Telethon, a local dance-a-thon. All for a good cause. And Jackie, I have something for you. I'm part okay. of a group. There's something called Writer's Digest, uh, which has all kinds of lessons and classes for writers. And they have a poetry event, a poetry group. It's no, it's free. Every Wednesday, we get a prompt from Robert Lee Brewer, who is one of the senior editors at Writers Group. And he puts it up early, like two or three in the morning. And we all get up. There might be sometimes 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 of us. I don't know where these people are. And we do poems with the theme of the prompt. And then yes. we post them on Discuss, D-I-S-Q dot U-S, which is a commentary website. Yes. And then people can respond, a thumb up. I've never seen a thumb down. And a little, you can make comments. And I've made so many friends. And in April and in November, get this, it's the P-A-D, Poem a Day Challenge. We write, we get a prompt every day for the entire month. <laughs> Not a competition. And I did April and I did November. And I'll tell you, the letdown of going back to one weekly poem is horrible because you get so used to doing it every day. But we just get the prompt, Jackie. And I don't use AI ever for any of my poems. And I'm the class clown. I call it my sillies. And I've learned to do limericks with the last line of the limerick with a lot of commentary. And if we have time at the end of the show, I'll read you one of my limericks. So it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then the last line is a run-on sentence with all kinds of stuff dumped in from the kitchen sink. And then the final, final. John, are you with us? I am. I am. And then the final the final thing is the rhyme that goes with lines one and two in the last line. But they're a lot of fun. So you all tickled me in in a special, very personal way. I hope you don't mind my telling you that. But I just loved I don't know how. I usually say to people, they say, I'm lucky I got this job. I'm lucky I got this. I will say, I always say to them, You're smart that you got the job. You're smart that you did this. I'm gonna say, I am lucky that I met the three of you completely unplanned at the publicity summit and i booked the three of you because you are extraordinarily real deal i don't use the word authentic jennifer i use real deal hyphenated you're all the real deal and i love the creativity and the different backgrounds you have and from where all you you came and where you are just yeah. inspiring thank you show's over no we've got another 28 minutes here okay so now let's do the opening quotes and then we got got some more stuff about creativity but you're all i really appreciate the three of you i hope you get that message loud and clear jackie henry and thank you jennifer jjj yeah. and and jordan my engineer i have to say jordan <laughs> i appreciate him too now jackie um, i've asked each of you to send me a quote from a movie or a tv fictional character or a song lyric and you're going to describe let's take two minutes for each because we have a lot to cover here i almost need a part two to this show so you're, you're going to tell me how it relates to your creativity so jackie sent a quote from uh Closer to find a song by the Indigo Girls, Emily Sailors and Amy Ray from 1988. This goes back in time. American folk rock music duo from Atlanta, Georgia, consisting of Amy Ray and Emily Sailors. They met in elementary school and started performing together as high school students. And they they went to Emory University and performed as Indigo, Indigo Girls at the dugout, a bar in Emory Village. Uh, their first major de- release, Indigo Girls, was number 22 on the album chart, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. The quote is, and the less I seek my source for some definitive closer I am to find yeah Jackie I wish I could have sung that I'm sorry but I didn't want to ruin the show Jackie two minutes I'm clocking you two minutes what does that mean to you 
Okay, well, first of all, you may recognize the song from the recent movie Barbie, right? Because on their way to freedom, they they listened to this song on the radio. Now, it was not sung by the Indigo Girls, but it was covered by another famous singer. And uh, so what I think it represents for women especially is that all of the realities and rules that we grow up learning, um, it it's our place to question them not to merely obey. And for me, improvising a life and being creative in our lives, it's a necessary skill to question. Just like Jennifer was saying, asking questions about things is an essential skill and maybe have to learn to do it graciously. But so the closer I am to find, the less I seek my source from some definitive notion. Uh, we sh as far as I've gained the most when I've been willing to say about my own beliefs, how rock solid are they and how flexible can I be about this belief? Because it allows us to deal with the everyday details of real life, which is really what poetry it's all about if you can absorb that from other people, from other things, that's how you create a life. Thank you. That was lovely. I'm moving on to John Taylor McIntyre. He has picked a quote from Don Quixote de la Mancha, Miguel de Cervantes, Alonso Quigana, played by Peter O'Toole. Simon Gilbert was doing The Singing Man of La Mancha, 1972 film adaptation of the Broadway musical. Um, I'm not going to read the rest of it, but it's everybody knows, I think. And the quote is, I may be just a fool tilting at windmills, but in my heart, I know I can make a difference. What a beautiful quote. John, talk to me. Yeah, so that that show is really meaningful to me. Um, the you know, to dream the impossible dream is is my mantra. Um, I think that uh, as people who are trying to make a difference in the world, oftentimes we're misunderstood and that we're not um, really uh, listened to completely. And what I mean by that is that um, I'm a very holistic thinker and, and I can see the end of, um, of an event or the end of putting something together and what it leads to look like and all the pieces that need to go in there. But, but other people haven't necessarily followed me all the way to the end. And so sometimes, you know, it looks like, you know, the, we're, we're, I'm leaving them in no man's land when actually, you know, I'm trying to guide them into something that's, that's even more beautiful than what they could, could think of. But I think there's, it's oftentimes we, we get, um, misinterpreted or um, misunderstood. And and I think that's 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 where that comes from. I have a son who's a, a, an artist. And, uh, you know, I, when he's doing his artwork and, and the way he thinks is is very different from from my other kids. And it's it's very interesting to watch that. But I often feel the same way that he does in regards to dealing with creativity and trying to bring people along. And then finally being able to show them what the end result is, then they understand, aha, I get it. 
Aha moment. Thank you very, very much. Yes, appreciate that. I'm going to wax Francais for Jennifer's quote because she sent a quote in French and English, so per permit me, please. And it's the fox, the character of the fox in Le Petit Prince, The Little Prince, voiced by James Franco. Woohoo! Antoine de Saint Exupery's The Little Prince, 2015 animated fantasy adventure drama film, uh, directed by Mark Osborne, based, of course, on the 1943 novella by Saint Exupery. It's the first adaptation as a full-length animated feature of The Little Prince. Jeff Bridges was one of the voices. Rachel McAdams, Paul Rudd, Marion Cotillard. Oh, my goodness. Benicio Del Toro. What a list. Ricky Gervais, Paul Giamatti. Wow. Okay. So here's the French version. On ne voit bien qu'avec le cœur. L'essentiel est invisible pour les yeux. It is only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eyes. I hope I did those justice, Jennifer. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Talk to me. So I picked this quote because I feel like this quote has really guided my entire search throughout my career and my adult life to do what I love. So instead of listening to the people around me and doing what others have thought would be like the tried and true path or as if you will, the status quo of how you be successful and the rungs that you climb and the path that you take through your career and the path that you follow on your personal life. Um, I haven't always done those things. And in fact, I've usually diverged. And the reason why I diverged is because what was important to me was invisible to the eyes. And it was the passion that guided me to pursue the path that I felt was best for me, not what the rest of the world was telling me to do or that what was generally accepted. Um, and that hasn't always been easy. You know, um, there's a lot of people that disagree with that. And sometimes you have to shut out those voices that disagree and follow what you know is your truth and what you're passionate about. So the little prince in saying that, you know, it, you only see well with your heart. And for me, that was very true and why I ended up going the entrepreneur route, because I needed to do something that I was passionate about and that I could see was the right path for me with my heart. Absolutely. By the way, in 2011, I started a radio show called Game Changers, Coffee Break with Game Changers, when I was working for SAP, the business software company. It wasn't my job. I suggested it. It wasn't what I was hired for. It was what I wanted to do. They let me do it. And for years, it was my side job there. And I had a lot of lot of problems. Well, not a lot of problems, but a lot of pushback from a lot of managers said, but you know what? Millions of listeners and 48 series later, 48 series I created for them over 10 years. And now this is one of my 55 series that I've done on Voice America. This show is one of my personal long-running shows. Jennifer, Nobody expected that I'd get three people together every week to go in a roundtable and talk about technology, that it would blow up and that everybody would want to do it. This yeah. was early on before everybody grabbed a mic and did their own radio show, right? This was early on. But breaking the mold, but in your heart, right, John? Right, Jackie? We know somehow inside it tells us this is what I want to do. This is what I meant to do. This yeah. is what I need to do. This is what I'm going to do. 
That's where we go. So there's a a creative thread. I'm just so thrilled with the three of you. I can't believe all these these threads of commonality of common experiences and and processes and thoughts as well. So here's what we're going to do next. We're going to have some more fun. So I'm going to pick one statement. You each sent me four statements about what your thoughts on creativity are, your POV point of view. I'm going to pick one from each of you. I'm going to read it. We've only got about 15 minutes left. We still have a lot to cover. So I'm going to read a statement. Just trust me on this and take two minutes and just expand it. Or as we say in the news, unpack it, please. And tell me a little bit more about your thoughts. So Jackie Henrian, you sent me the following statement. Number three, I'll read it for you. Negative space is necessary. Jackie says, in college, I struggled with many classes, but when I signed up for art, I flew because I had grown up with Matisse images. Talk to me about negative space and creativity. We're all nodding, but I don't think we know how you're going to apply it. Jackie, (laughs) surprise us. Go ahead. Okay, right across from my bunk bed was a print that my parents had mounted. And I don't know if they meant to inspire us, but it certainly informed me. It was from his jazz collection. And so it showed a carriage uh, from a thousand and one nights and it, it galloped along. And so it was a very visual thing for me. And if you are familiar with Matisse's design graphics and cutouts, you will know that his forms had enormous inside spaces as well as just the outlines. So his flowers were formed by coming down and creating all negative space. So when I got to college, I took an art class because I was taking a very heavy load. So art was great. And um, so he asked us to do a collage. And I did a Matisse-like flower collage. And he and the professor remarked, this is like the only person who understood negative space. And we talked about that for a long time in the classroom because people had no uh, understanding that it was, to me at least, as solid as positive space. And how does that impact your take on creativity? It it, it just broadened it a little bit for me, Jackie, a little bit beyond that. Um, So what it helps me do is it actually helped me when I started meditating. And Ah. in the mornings when I wake up, I have a very busy mind with a lot of creative ideas. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned to do is sit there for 60 minutes and allow myself just to quiet down completely. And what I find from that is that I'm much more creative. You would think the opposite, but for me, that negative internal and psychic space is much more creative. Thank you. And I have a little story, but I'm going to wait to tell it after Jennifer's statement because it's going to relate to her too. Thank you very much, John Taylor McIntyre. He says in statement number three, when I started acting at age nine, I realized that creativity is the antithesis of rote learning. Independent and passionate thinking is what sets the spirit free. It was more than memorizing mere parts. It was making them part of me. How beautiful. You really thought all this at the age of nine, John. Seriously, you must have been very precocious. I I was precocious, um, but uh, I would say maybe I didn't think as deeply as that. But that was the 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 kernel that that started you know me thinking about how things kind of go together. Um, I did have a, a a 
an acting coach um, at that time that was telling me to, you know, make things of myself rather than, you know, to be uh, something that was, um, you know, what I thought somebody would want to see. And so taking on those parts and understanding from my perspective how I thought those people would think, okay, how I thought that that, that person would think. And then going through the motions of what would make it be, you know, happening. Um, one time I was in uh, a Christmas Carol, and I was Tiny Tim, and uh, so my father, who was an orthopedic surgeon, he was he told me, you know, you know, in order for you to get a limp, we got to figure out how to get a limp. And so we put a little stone in my shoe, and and then we had a crutch, and 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 so. All of a sudden, I felt the pain that that Tiny Tim felt, and and I had to, you know, put in the motion in doing that. And one thing my 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 grandfather told me was my father's father. He was an engineer, and he said, "Never let your education interfere with your education." And so all this kind of goes together in regards to how do you become yourself by actually living naturally and 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 building yourself in regards to you know, what naturally comes, what flows in, and, and then what can naturally flow out because of that. And then when we're able to do that, we're actually able to be, um, I know you don't like the word authentic, but we're able to be the real deal. And and, well, and that's you. that's really important. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. You listen to me. Jennifer Nash, Dr. Nash, here we go. This is interesting. You say walking, statement number three, walking barefoot on the beach, smelling the ocean air, and feeling sunshine on my face puts me in a happy place where I can create and dream of how I want to continue making the world a better place and have a bigger impact. How lovely. Talk to me. Where's the beach? What's the motion air smell like? When do you do this? Jennifer? Well, I actually just got back last night at two in the morning from walking on the beach here in Texas, uh, which is my latest beach walk. And when I am on the beach, it's sort of similar, actually, um, Radio Red, to when I'm dancing, because I can only be present in that moment. I'm only thinking about what is happening in the here and now. What do I smell? What do I see? What do I feel? What do I hear? Like, it's all of that different sensory input that's coming at me at once. And when I have that space of the sunshine and the ocean waves that I hear crashing against the shore and the smell of the salt in the air. And I hear the birds also, you know, maybe the seagulls running around. Um, it, it helps me focus in, in a little bit, maybe on that negative space, like Jackie was talking about and how, what is yet to be created that is calling me. And it gives me that opportunity to really narrow my lens in a way and yet still hear those things around me and be present so that I can think about how I want to move forward with that and using those inputs at that moment. Yeah, yeah. it goes from chatter to a channel if you yes. allow that to happen. Yes, that's perfect. From chatter to the channel, that's perfect. I want to share a story with the three of you. I think you'll appreciate this. I live in, well, I wanted to move, I tell people, I want to move to London. But when I was looking at the map, I tilt. Remember, I asked you to all tilt your head when we were doing the tilt your head in the pictures. I tilted my head, which I like to do sometimes. And the first N and London turned upside down and turned into a U. So I landed in Loudoun, Tennessee. What can I tell you? A little over a year ago. 
Love my house. Bigger property than I should have even bought. I had no idea I was moving to a corner everybody could see with three yards and an 800-square-foot garage and a back porch with a cover and a sunroom. I turned into an art studio. All right. Fine. Well, I was very stressed the other day, and I don't take any kind of meds for anything, and I don't drink, and I don't nothing, and no gummies or anything like that. What am I going to do? Well, the second bedroom, I'm using the big bedroom, guest bedroom here in the front, which is a beautiful cathedral window for my radio studio, my broadcast central, I call it. The bedroom next to me is smaller, and I just have a bunch of family pictures in there, and some I paint a lot, so I've got about 300 paintings I've done. There are about 25 on the floor there, and they're all over the walls, family pictures, great. About four months ago, a little sparrow started coming to the window ledge. This looks out on the side yard. And the sparrow either thinks he or she sees itself in the window or it's trying to get into the house. Well, that sparrow will sit on that ledge for hours at a time and jump up and down and hit the glass. I can hear it all over the house. Bang, 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 bang. I hear it all over the house. And it goes on. Now it's every day. Well, in the middle of my stress and my anxiety... I decided, as I sometimes do, to sneak into the room so it didn't see me and sit back against a bookcase. The room's not small, so it couldn't see me, and I had my iPhone camera. And the bird decided not to jump while I was there. It just was looking in the window, just looking in the window. So I sat down on a chair very comfortably, and I left my camera sitting on my lap, and I just sat there. And before I knew it, almost a half hour had passed. My mind was completely clear. All of the chatter and the clutter had disappeared. The bird wasn't jumping up and down. Neither was I. I left the room after a half hour. It was one of the most peaceful. Jennifer, that was my ocean. Jackie, that was my my poetry. John, that was my, my singing. That was everything. And I discovered that that was a peaceful place in my house, just sitting there and even talking to the bird a little bit. And I think he was singing. I saw his throat moving. And then he started jumping up and down again. That's when I left. But it was it was like the bird and I, I haven't named him yet, had discovered that we needed a place to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Is that is that spooky or is that okay? Everybody likes that? Perfect. I mean, it's really essential to life. Uh, yeah. Despite having four, three siblings, I was alone for a lot of time, like in a practice room for piano. And that was the most treasured time for me. Yeah, it was lovely. Now I want to, before we do some famous birthdays, and everybody know whose birthday it was today? One of them, okay, we'll get there in a second. And I have a couple of more. I want to read you two of my poems. These are, there once, the poem, the prompt this week, last week, sorry, was history, a poem about history. And I wrote four poems that day. There's no limit to how many you can post. So here is, I wrote, there once was dot, 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 the sillies are back. I'm not the class con, I'm the humorist, okay? So here we go. There once was a student named Fred. Oh, the history books he had read of explorers and kings, of new worlds and new things. He was actually bored to tears and like chemistry class better where he could explode test tubes, but he pretended to love history just to impress his pretty teacher, Mildred, instead. (laughs) (laughs) I have... I have one. I have. That's my brand of limerick. It's a whole. Here's here's the next one. This one is called "Once More with Feeling." The sillies are back. There once was a student named Mary. For history, she didn't at all carry. Then Jock Roy came to class with Gatorade in a glass. Mary felt popping super capitalistic dollars and decided history was a good thing to know. But she wanted to know Roy more, so she gave up all dairy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's oh, I've been having such fun. Nobody else does humor except me. Anyway, let's do the famous birthday. We got five minutes left. <laughs> still, still laughing, huh? And these just they just pour out. They just they just come. I just sit down to write them. Bingo, bingo, bingo. And there they are. And I don't hold back because that last line is what I'm seeing and thinking and feeling about the character. And I don't need to skip it. I don't need to do a formal limerick. These are mine. These are red limericks. That's right. New brand. So here we go. Birthdays today. Cynthia, I'm not getting to the famous one yet. Cynthia Erivo is 37 today. She acted on Broadway in the color purple, and she was in the UK tour of the Sister Act. Happy birthday, Cynthia Erivo. Then we have Shirley Bassey. Remember her jazz song? She sang Goldfinger. I never did that before. James Bond, Diamonds Are Forever, Moonraker. Uh, she was discouraged by teachers early on because she had a powerful voice, John. That's for you. She left school at 14 to sing in what they call public house. Houses. Her first TV appearance was 1960 on The Ed Sullivan Show. 87 years old, Shirley Bassey. Happy birthday. Carolina Herrera. I didn't know she was Venezuelan. Fashion designer and entrepreneur. Founded her label in 1980. She has dressed Jackie Onassis, Michelle Obama. She created outfits for her dolls as a child. And Noah Cyrus is Miley's sister. We'll just leave it there. Happy birthday. Here we go. You ready? He's in the house. Elvis Presley. January 8th, 1935 to August 16th, 1977, he passed at the age of 42. The king of rock and roll rose to prominence in the late 50s, a legendary presence in cultural history and the best-selling solo artist in the history of pop, Hound Dog, Jailhouse Rock, Stuck on You. He was a loner as a child and he brought a guitar to school with him every day. He appeared in over 30 movies. His big screen debut was in 1956, Love Me Tender, named after one of his songs, Happy Birthday, Elvis. And another icon in music, David Bowie, was born today. In 1947, 12 years after Elvis, passed away at the age of 69 in January 10, 2016, androgynous rock star of the 1960s, reinvented popular music with Space Odyssey and Starman, and we'll leave that one alone. And Stephen Hawking was born today in 1942. Legendary physicist, we'll leave that. And I have three social media stars. I got to do this fast. On YouTube, there's a young man named Minnie Mamba, who's 16. And uh, Jackie, I don't want you to get upset, but he already has 38 million views of one of his videos on YouTube. 38 million. He just oh. Fortnite challenges. Okay. Uh -huh. And his brother yeah, is yeah. Diamond Mamba. Happy birthday, Minnie. Then we have Warren Roby, R O B I E, on TikTok. He only has 32 million fans. Wow. He's a relatable content creator in social media skits and point of view lip syncs. And then on Insta, we have Isabel Bedoya, who's 28. And she, poor girl, she only has 2.9 million followers. No, poor girl. Self-taught beauty, fashion, and, and wellness influencer. and But on YouTube, she has 420,000 subscribers. Okay, one, let me see, pick one music event here. Um Okay. Uh, in 2004, George Harrison's estate sued Dr. Gilbert Liederman of Staten Island University Hospital for $10 million, alleging he forced a dying George Harrison to sign souvenirs for him. We'll leave that alone. Today is Argyle Day, National Fourth Graders Day, Bubble Bath Day, Clean Your Desk Day, English Coffee Day, Toffee, Man Watchers Day, okay, Winter Skin Relief Day, Show and Tell at Work, and Typing Day in January is the month of Apple, Apricot, Aris, Asparagus, Artichokes, Bread Baking, uh, International Brain Teaser, International Creativity, National Hobby Month, Hot Tea Month, Mail Order Gardening, National Meat, National o Poka Month, and National Oatmeal, and I can't read the rest. So let's do our closing because we've got one minute left and we don't want to miss this. And by the way, I did this in 2014 on one of my radio shows, Top 10 Tips for Women. 
And the first one was Aspire to be Barbie. The biatch has everything. We'll leave that one alone, okay? <laughs> Here's my closing. Here's my cl- Don't go away. We're going to talk afterwards. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Eh. Kiss slowly. Definitely. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Everybody laugh with me. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> and never, ever, ever regret anything that made you smile. Here we go. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching. Jennifer, when we're dancing, we're out there doing our thing. We don't care, but they watch. Sing like nobody's listening and love like you've never been hurt because we all have. Get over it. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody. Thank you for turning me on wave goodbye to our audiences and don't go away jordan are we out thanks again for tuning in to read my lips radio presented by the voice america variety channel tweet your questions and comments to at radio red 777 join host aka radio red again next monday at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m eastern on the voice america empowerment channel We wish you a positively cool, creative week.